Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to episode 253 of Geek Time Radio. I'm back this week with... Kitty, kitty, kitty. Bex! Hey, I thought for a second you'd replace that with a noise from Alien Isolation, but thankfully no, no, you have not. No, I should have done. If I if it wasn't so early in the morning and I thought about it, I would have done, but uh, yes. That's um, fine. I, I've been quite happy with the amount. I have screamed and yelped and hidden behind cushions on my own sofa in the last couple of days. Yes, I, I did watch some of that stream. Do you want to explain to the listeners what you were doing so they they know i was challenged slash blackmailed i don't know even what it counts as by the wonderful people that, that, that watch my uh, the twitch channel and the youtube channel to play uh the the lovely lovely game lovely friendly family friendly chirpy little game from 2014 which is the uh, survival horror game called alien isolation yes um because i said i'd never play it <laughs> so it was decided immediately uh that that, that i should play this game and yes. um we played it for seven hours <laughs> really wow which was approximately seven hours and one minute longer than i wanted to because even the intro sequence terrified me and um <laughs> yeah played it until half two in the morning wow on sunday morning technically um and on top of all the, the terrors that are in the game itself because I, i've got to give it to them like the first uh the first couple of hours are just just atmospheric and and terrifying it's it's very well put together music wise and 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 so forth just to create that atmosphere um i i was i i was very very unhappy (laughs) much to everyone's amusement and uh i also very foolishly gave them the power to do two things because if anyone who doesn't watch twitch you can send in cheers you can send in support to the people you are watching or streaming in in the form of uh, they're called bits which are just like you know very tiny amounts of money in order to to set off notifications sound effects things like that on the screen yes i gave them two options i gave them two options for things they could do as well as all the normal stuff but two special options for alien isolation one of them was to cheer 250 which is next to nothing very small amount uh, in order to send in the cavalry in order for a picture of ripley and and that clip of a uh, get away from her you beat, yes. <laughs> uh, to play to to, to to try and defend me from the alien which yes. we named Buffy. um <laughs> the other option they had for uh, i thought the appropriate amount was 666 was yes. to make a large picture of the alien appear on the screen 
with an appropriate alien screaming sound effect. Yes, to to which people were using that in great effect. I did watch some of that <laughs> that stream. Yeah, um, and uh, <laughs> it, it was hilarious because I mean you kind of got nobody to blame but yourself for that. But it, there was some so well timed bits where you know it was all tense and you were you were playing through areas and then somebody would drop one of the uh, xenomorph cheers in. <laughs> terrifying a couple of people were kind enough when I was getting really scared to use the the a, another cheer which is um which is, which is a Loki based cheer yes for, for a particular two digit comedy number mm-hmm. you, you can, you can, yes. you can figure that one is out, is at home uh, which, which makes kind of like a saucy saxophone music or that that uh the quote from yellow the band if anyone remembers them. yeah and, yeah the, you know the, these yeah, kind of little yeah. little tiny snippets play with with, with humorous Loki gifts. Yes. And uh, that kind of took the tension down a bit. And I was like, yay. And somebody sent one of those immediately queued up afterwards with an alien scream. <laughs> <laughs> Specifically to put me into a false sense of security. And That's I actually screamed. So That's evil. Yeah. It was, it was very evil. I'm glad that everyone found it so entertaining and that my utter terror and fear is, is, is so amusing to everybody. Yes. Uh, it's also quite, interesting to see that again because it's, it's getting on a little bit now it's 2014 Alien Isolation I've been saying I wouldn't play that game since it was released yes. um, and it's, it still holds up pretty well for, for atmosphere and, and graphics and stuff wise it still holds up pretty well uh, the only things I noticed that were um, slightly frustrating about it is if you look because you could look down at your feet in the game right yes if you then turn on the spot there's no animation <laughs> right so your feet are just static and you just float on in a 360 manner Okay, that's weird. Which I found, which I found slightly bizarre. It's one of the reasons that people say because originally people were trying to get me to play this in VR, but the VRs are, are very much a, a hack. Right, yeah, um, yeah. It's not supported for Steam VR fully, uh, so the cutscenes don't work mm. in VR. You have to take it off for that, um, and because of the way the locomotion is designed and not for VR, like there's warnings all over the hack saying play this seated, don't stand up, right, and things like that. So we didn't in the end because I wouldn't have been able to see chat and I wouldn't have been able to see the. Uh, the, the cheer reactions come up on the screen and stuff by Danny yeah. in VR because wouldn't have all those extra support levels. Yeah. So we didn't, thankfully, because I can imagine standing there looking at your feet and then just hovering on the spot in 360 is a very disconcerting um, yes. experience in, in VR. Plus, I would not be speaking to you right now <laughs> if I played that game in VR. Um, I, I would be currently, if I was lucky, cowering in a corner underneath yes. my desk. Rocking um, backwards and forwards, yes. That, that, that's the best case scenario if I'd played that in VR. Uh, the only other thing I discovered is that there's a couple of sections of the game that are, um, that are a bit boring, which I was very... Very surprised by like a, a chunk of the game, really good, really atmospheric, fluffy, very terrifying. Mm-hmm. The, the menace of, of Fluffy the xenomorph, um, kind of creeping around to be able to hear the footsteps, occasionally see the flick of a tail. You know, stuff like really well done. But there was one section fairly near the beginning, which a load of people in chat agreed with me, which just um, just took a bit too long, where you've got to sneak past four people. Yes, I, I saw some of that a bit. I, I did wonder whether I was going to get to see a, a proper rage quit in the middle of a live stream. <laughs> 
Because <laughs> you were getting because, really annoyed by it. Yeah, because it was, um, you, you, I think what you're supposed to do, people have told me, is what you're supposed to do is like grab, because you basically you run into these four humans because you need to get a plot MacGuffin off them. Right. Uh, which is the thing you then use to hack the elevators so you can use the elevators. So yes. obtain plot MacGuffin from people. And then you're supposed to just kind of leg it up some stairs. Right. But I was, I was being quite sensible because there are four people shooting at me. I backed straight out the door I'd come in. <laughs> ah. Which then meant that those four AIs are wandering in random patterns talking to each other. Uh, and you can go back into the room to try and sneak through, but you can walk straight back into them. Yeah, yeah. Because they can be anywhere. So it took about 45 minutes to get through this one bit. And um, you're supposed to stealth the game. So I try, I'm not big on stealth games. I'm not big on horror games. <laughs> Hiding <laughs> in a corner. Or, you know, I'm very much a, 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 you know, a Doom, a Quake, a Serious Sam kind of person. So yes. this was not, it's not my kind of game for the ground up. Plus terrifying, much <laughs> as I admire, uh, especially the, the first Alien film, massively admire it. Beautiful piece of filmmaking, design, cinematography, lighting, everything. It's, it's an amazing film. I love it from that angle. Don't watch it very often because the other angle I like to watch it from is behind the sofa. Yes. So, um, not not a game I would normally play, but yeah, this this bit with these four people was just so so random, and they were unimportant people. They weren't major characters or anything like that. They were just obstacles to get past. And uh, I, I discovered the way to beat that bit of the game is to just um, use the wrench right. and run at, run at the people because trying to run away from them when they were shooting got me uh, uh, got, got the level restarted. Um, Right. running at them the AI w- didn't take into that into account very well so I could <laughs> run at one of them and if the other one was standing there another one was standing there they would then respond right. but anyone who wasn't immediately standing there despite the sounds of shots and, and uh, various things when I ran into them had no idea or would just walk down the stairs in the middle of that happening <laughs> um, so yeah I ended up wrenched to the head approach which I would not normally do no. uh, was the best way to get through that bit of the level which I was yeah very surprised by um, but from, from that point on you kind of got past that point or if you just do that as the game intended uh, mm. which is to just do the whole thing in that bit in a panic and run through um then there's some there's some wonderful moments of tension and it is a really it's a very it is very much a slow build survival horror it's um very correct in the, the pacing and tone and stuff for the genre of course being someone who is dyspraxic um, <laughs> yes in a game that's designed to be corridors that all look the same um, yes. my ability to run away and hide in the in the few areas you could and uh, find the vents and things and remember where Fluffy was uh, at the points before I had the the tracker, the motion tracker, um, was very difficult. So that <laughs> that was a little bit frustrating as well. I also had a small glitch near the end of the playthrough. I don't think you were still there at that point, being that it was like two o'clock in the morning, no. where I'd uh, I'd collected all the map updates to expand my my map, and they all vanished. Oh no! And uh, restarting from the last save was after the point where that glitch had occurred. Um, no oh. one in chat had ever seen that before. People go, go, you haven't collected the map updates. And I'd be going to the screens where you go to collect them, going, but I have. Yeah. And they were going, oh, you have. And I was like, I've somehow glitched this. Maybe because I've, you know, died a squillion times on an early part <laughs> of the level you're not even supposed to get hit on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I lost. So I was then playing the last bit I was playing before we eventually decided at half two in the morning that perhaps, <laughs> even though I was clearly never going to sleep again, I should at least give it a go. Um, yes. I, I, if I looked at the map, there was just nothing there. Oh wow! <laughs> the entire screen was blank, apart from like a small objective marker, you know, list at the bottom, and uh, a dot that told me 
be where I was on a completely empty screen. Wow. Still finding but, bugs in a, in a game that's that old. No, but no one else. You know, at one point there was 110 people watching me because I got raided by a few people, presumably because they thought, I know what these guys would like to also watch this, this poor human scream and, and jump. <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, no one, no one had ever seen this bug. <laughs> and, and a lot of them had played it. There yeah. were a lot of people with like Xenomorph in their username and stuff like that who knew wow. the game inside and out. And they were all just there going, never seen this before. And I was like, yay, I've discovered a thing. We're lost. <laughs> we're very, very lost. And we're surrounded by the working Joe androids. They've all got red eyes of evil. And basically, they know where I am and I don't. <laughs> right. Awesome. Well, I'm glad you yeah. had fun with it. it well, uh, they, they want me to play it again. <laughs> of course they do. I don't know. I don't know. I'll put it to a vote, I think, if we should play play it again. Because uh, oh, we that will go down well. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I'm feeling it, it, emboldened and brave through surviving <laughs> the, the hours I did or um if I've just lost my sanity, maybe, you know, six of one and half a dozen of the other at that point. Yeah, yes. I mean, face your fears, as they say. <laughs> from behind the sofa. Yes, from behind the sofa. So uh, apart from alien isolation scaring you to death, what else have you been doing this week? Uh, I've watched the first episode of the new Netflix series of Snowpiercer. Oh, yes. What do you think? I, I've only seen, I believe there's two episodes out at the moment, but I've there's only seen the first three, episode. Oh, there's three. Yes. Ooh. In fact, there's... There'll be four now because I think one was dropped today, so there'll be four episodes now. Excellent! Uh, I really like the first episode. I good. think it was it was it was really well done. I think it had a the budget was good. There were some bits of CGI which were kind of obviously CGI, but you don't yes. see the outside world very often, so I think it's okay. Yeah, no, I I know what you mean. The the lot of the shots outside the train, the the yeah, there's obviously CGI in some of that, but uh, well, mm-hmm. in most of that, pretty much. But uh, yeah, but no, I. I it didn't bother me too much that no. because those shots are more there as establishing the world shots and part of the point is that we're on a we're train. on a train and we can't go outside so yeah it's it's better that they spent the budget if that was a choice they had to make on more details on the inside of the train yes because the the details inside the train are beautiful they've made it feel like it's quite expansive the different areas of the train feel very very different you've got that sense of claustrophobia but also a sense of the, the difference in freedom and space between the, the, the first class carriages versus the, the tail end carriages where the people who've just stowed on are staying versus the people who are living in the in the in the train carriages at the front which have all of the money and the wealth of this ecosystem of this train that is the only thing surviving on the earth now the earth is frozen and this miniature version of a society and ecosystem on this giant train is very well represented even from episode one mm. there's also loads of wonderful details I thought on the, the costuming the use of because um, I'm very very big on costuming and the use of color mm. and the difference in the color palette of the people in, in the tail end of the train who are all overcrowded and don't have enough food rations versus the people wearing these matching upper class kind of this weird sort of mix of somewhere between 1940s 50s kind of smart clothing but also feeling quite contemporary and in very fresh, crisp, clean, plain colours in a way that has a, a slightly futuristic feel, but still nods to the kind of systems of the past and 
very, very well done balance there. Plus tiny details, like everyone who works for the train system, for Wayland's train system, all the buttons and um, beads and anything like that in the costume has the W logo on it. Yeah. It's yeah. a really nice touch because it just gives you instantly, you know who they are, who they're affiliated with, this sense of uniform and conformity. And yeah, really, really, I'm really enjoying it so far. So have you watched more episodes than me? Yes. Yeah, I have watched some more. Um, I, I'm really enjoying it as well. I think it's really well put together. Now, I haven't actually seen the movies, so I don't get to compare the two. And I've not read the original comic book because I know the movie is available out there now because Gray was talking about it last week. But I kind of intentionally decided, seeing as the TV series is coming out, I'm not going to watch the film. So I don't mm. sort of directly compare the two. But uh, I'm really enjoying the TV series. The costume design, by the way, um, it's uh, Cynthia Ann Summers did the costumes by the looks of things for the first season who was the costume designer on series of unfortunate events and altered carbon and unreal and we've interviewed her she's lovely and uh, and all of those things have great costuming so that, yes, that totally she's makes amazing. sense she's a really mm. amazing uh, costume designer it's her and we also I did an interview with Barry Robinson which is out on the behind the scenes podcast which uh, he's the production designer and he talks about how he designed the interiors of the trains and uh, put everything together so yeah, um, yeah they're it, really imaginative and yeah. like the way they've managed to make it feel realistic that you have an aquarium you can swim in on a train yeah yeah it's it's really really nicely put together and uh you know they they actually shot it within sort of box cars that were the right size and you know all that sort of stuff so it, it's uh really interesting that interview and he talks quite a lot about how he put together the different sections and stuff i'm really enjoying it i've seen a couple of fairly snooty reviews about it but, but i'm really happy with it i i think it's it's interesting and it's different and there's sort of procedural elements to it as well which i quite like because it's one of those things that you do wonder how they're going to stretch this out kind of moving forward but i think they've put it together quite well to turn it into a tv series so uh, i yeah i'm thoroughly enjoying it i'm looking forward to seeing more but yes yeah, so i've seen the first three episodes of it and i i think the quality holds up throughout yeah i can't imagine what people were calling it out on and i'll have to go and read i'm curious to read these reviews now to know what they were saying because mm. like i thought the casting was great i think the acting's great i mean you've got some even some quite young kids playing some quite difficult roles yeah. in this and i thought they were all doing really really well um it manages to have scenes which are uh, even just in the first episode which have reasonably graphic but not horrifying violence just graphic in the sense that um it's real and it feels like there's consequences and you can see that the trauma and the effect on the on the on the human beings that it's affecting uh, rather than like a glorified you know action movie style violence um as well as immediately when you meet any new character you can you can make out from again the costuming from their attitude from the acting from lies who they are really everything seems to be being set up in that first episode incredibly intelligently without spoon feeding too much information without over filling it with with um explanation and stuff like that um mm. so yeah i'm gonna have to look up those reviews now because i haven't found anything to really complain about yet no me neither me neither i i really enjoyed it i think you know certainly jennifer connelly i think he's he's great david diggs i think he's great there's a random stephen og in there who who's not there for very long but he is randomly in there stephen og kind of seems to do that every so often um, <laughs> just sort of randomly pops up and then disappears again 
again. There is a a highlight of Sean Bean in there as well at one point, um, which I won't reveal where, but uh, there is a small snippet of Sean Bean in there as well. So um, yeah, I I really enjoyed it. I'm enjoying the series. I'm three episodes in. I've got another one to watch because as I say, I think it comes out Mondays. So there is another one that should have dropped today because we're recording this on Monday. So um, yes, I will be definitely watching the rest of it, but I'm thoroughly enjoying that. Yeah, the other things I watched was I finished watching uh, Followers, another Netflix series, Japanese uh, Netflix uh, collaboration. I talked about that briefly, I think, Mm -hmm. on a previous podcast. Uh, I finished that series. That had a lovely ending that's incredibly sensitively written and interestingly put together drama series looking at the lives of these these different women one of them who is at the top of her fame and success and the other one who is right at the beginning of that journey and the the way their lives kind of interweave and the effects of followers and social media on people's um, psyche and 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 their lives and things like that and uh, it's not got a spaceship in it so points for me for that <laughs> yes um, well done <laughs> And it's another one with beautiful use of colour and exceedingly subtle, well put together use of costuming as well. Um, And beautifully shot. And yeah, really, really interesting series with wonderful characters. And um, I was kind of slightly sad when that finished, although it needed to, the story needed to obviously finish at that point, it reached its natural conclusion. But I'd grown quite fond of quite a few of the characters in that series um, because they were just so human. Mm. They were so well written that it was, it was, yeah, it was quite, they were all quite endearing. And uh, I'm going to kind of kind of miss those characters, which is a, an unusual thing for me to say. Yeah. Um, I also finished watching Kiss Me First. Ah, right, yes. It does wrap up the main plot thread of this season, but it obviously left itself wanting another season, mm. uh, which we don't know if we're going to get or not. I think it's still it's still worth watching. There is still a resolution to the primary thread of the first plot and what's happening to these young teams that have been pulled into a kind of cult-like scenario almost within this virtual world. And um, very well acted, because they're quite young actors, some of them again and taken on those roles and done incredibly well mm. and uh again another very well written human series um and yeah i'm kind of hoping that someone will pick that up for a season two because i think it's got i think it's probably only got the one more season in it right yeah but i think it does have one more one more season to, to to kind of explore a little bit further the next phase of what would happen uh without giving any you know spoilers away in in the uh in the development of the characters but i quite did you finish that one in the end? I can't remember whether I did. I don't think I, I did. I mean, it's, it was a Channel 4 series and then went on to Netflix. I think it was a co-production yeah. between the two of them. But yeah, it, it was. was it was April 2018 when it was first released. So it's been a while. Mm. And you kind of would have thought they would have made an announcement if they were going to do a second season of it. But I, yeah. I don't know. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of computer graphic stuff in there as well. So it may be that there's, there's a possibility that it may still happen but um, it, it has been a while so we'll see yeah um, it is it's definitely I think worth watching that first series because it does it does it does wrap up satisfactorily the primary plot lines of it I just wanted to know a little bit more about the, the few of the, the world and a few of the characters who were like especially the character who invented the uh, the virtual world that yeah. they're all in it would have been nice to see some more expansion of that character and things like that but we'll we, we shall see it may be one of those ones that sort of um, maybe they want to leave it open and a bit ambiguous at the end um, but it would be nice if it got just just a little bit more I always think it's a shame when there's something's got one more season in it the same thing happened with Happy 
Mm, yeah. Right, right. Had it clearly had just it had one more season yeah. in it that would have been interesting, uh, and unfortunately, just didn't seem to get picked up for that. Yes, yeah. It is a shame when things get cut down earlier than you think they should. But you know, it's it's unfortunate. But just the way TV works at the moment, unfortunately. Yeah. Um. Anything else? I think those are the main ones. Okay. Um, oh yeah, I was playing a bit of Dark Seal if you remember that arcade game. Oh wow! Which is yeah. a, a dungeon crawler with it with some brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. I love the voice acting in it. When you're choosing a character, it just kind of goes, I'm the bard, I'm the warrior. Um, it has some lovely digitized voice acting going Good. on in that game. Uh, so I've been playing a little bit of that. That's just to, just to take the edge off from the alien isolation. Yes, really. yes. <laughs> what have good. you been playing? Um, well, I, I've been completely obsessing with Satisfactory, which is this, uh, this game that allows you to build factories on alien worlds, which admittedly on the surface doesn't sound that interesting but it's it's really good fun it's first person you're building factories you basically dumped on this planet you've got to mine the raw resources and then you can combine them into kind of smelters and stuff to make metals and then you can turn the metals into objects and you can go and find more things and you can find more recipes and build more stuff and you end up making these crazy crazy huge factories that uh, are producing multiple items and exploring this kind of alien planet and it, it's in early access so there isn't sort of an end game right now it's just a case of being able to set up these ridiculously huge complicated factories where you've got these supply chains of you know you've got to build one of this item and one of this item and then they combine to make one of the, these other items and then you've got to smelt two different other metals to build another other thing and then combine that with something else so it gets more and more complex as you get kind of further through it uh it's all in first person as well which is one of the things which i rather liked about it because a lot of these games tend to be you know more pixel graphics or top down views and things like that top down like you know the original sims and 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 theme park and these kind of things so you having to like run around and do things in first person then yeah so it's a cross between a first person but with a resources management game? Yes, it's basically it's a first-person resources management game, which is a really interesting idea and not something I'd seen very much before. And uh, as I've mentioned many times before, I love these sort of building games, you know, where you can build houses and cities and all this sort of stuff. And the idea of, with this of just kind of being a, a factory, you've got to kind of work out how many of particular resources you need to get one particular thing. And of course, if you get into the more complicated stuff, you need to be able to build better and better mining equipment because whilst the resource nodes are limitless in terms of the amount of ore you can get out of them the actual resource nodes themselves are kind of limited and sometimes they can be a very long way away so you need to build things like train systems to get the ore from the node which is like a few thousand kilometers away to where your meters away to where you need to actually be able to process it so you can build these huge train systems that go round the whole planet you can do it in multiplayer as well or you can play it offline by yourself and have the whole planet to yourself but there you can actually play it in multiplayer and build factories with other people and you can start in different locations um so there are like three or four options of where you can start but they're all 
all on the same map, just in different bits yeah. of the biome. So uh, you so can. So is that a little bit like a cross between uh, an original Sims game, resources type management game, and also like Sea of Thieves? Possibly. I don't really know Sea of Thieves that well. So okay, because on that one, you're, you're first person and you're working in teams on pirate ships and you're sailing around and you're gathering oh. treasure and you're doing stuff together. And it sort yeah. of makes me wonder if you're if you're running around factories, kind of doing things in first person. If it maybe if it has a similar ish feel to that. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how the multiplayer works and whether you're kind of all building one factory that can work together or whether you're all building separate factories that don't necessarily connect to each other. I, if the multiplayer actually allows you to build factories that you can connect to each other, that would be quite awesome because it means that one person can start mining things in one area while one person's mining things in the other and you could basically create a massive factory planet. But um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've just spent hours and hours and hours in that game it's one of those things that you, you kind of think oh well just do this one little thing and then five hours later you look up and it's <laughs> kind of the room's gone dark it's very much that sort of game for me and i'm just having endless endless hours of fun in that i i am getting to the point where i mean i started it once in one area then and I must have played, yeah, I don't know, 20 hours in that area. I wasn't particularly happy because it was getting very difficult to get the resources and it was the first factory I built and I had conveyor belts running all over the place and it was this big spaghetti mess. So I eventually abandoned that and started a completely new one in a better area and uh, be much happier with the factory I've set up this time. But I am getting to the point where, you know, I've produced a lot of the stuff that I possibly can. So I don't know how much longer I'm going to play around with this before I move on to something else. But um, it's it's really worth picking up. It's on the Epic Game Store. It's about to get released onto Steam as well. So um, it is a really fun one to play with. It will probably be quite a good one to stream, actually, because it's, it's, you know, got a lot of searching around and there are some monsters in there, but they're not, you know, that's not a focus. They're, there's not a, like, huge amount of threat, but it is quite fun sort of seeing what huge factories you can built yeah that sounds like we could possibly lose you into it for a significant amount of time uh, yes. if they release any expansions or extra things for it well yeah as, as i say at the moment it is only in early access so there's various sort of levels you can get through they're up to like level seven right now because you've got like a space elevator thing that you can send resources up to this place off world and uh, that unlocks the higher levels so um the, it only goes up so far right Right now and uh, they they are building and building and building and there is still more kind of stuff that they're going to add on to it but they it had been a a epic game store exclusive up until now but it is being released on steam some point i think either next month or later this month so um it's definitely one to wor- worth looking out for it's called satisfactory if you want to go and find that or you like those sort of games tv wise i finished mcmillions which is the documentary about the scam that these people in america America did to defraud millions and millions out of the Monopoly game at McDonald's. This was sort of back in the mid nineties, you know, early two thousands. It's a fascinating documentary. It's six one hour episodes. I think it's rather spread a little thin. It is intriguing. 
and they go into quite a lot of detail in the episodes, but I do rather feel that you could have compressed that down into a two and a half hour documentary movie. And it feels a bit stretched out in places, but it is still quite interesting. And the story itself is, is just bizarre and bonkers. And you do look at it and think, how did McDonald's not spot that there were clusters of these winners that were all in the same place and all had the same sort of postcode and kind of <laughs> suit notes? Yeah, it was all very weird. So um, that is a fascinating documentary and it's on now TV and Sky On Demand if you want to go watch that. Space Force I finished as well, which is the Steve Carell, Greg Daniels series. Um, very, very funny. And I really enjoyed the first season it's eight episodes long the last episode does end in a sort of odd place and i mean i'm assuming it will maybe come back for another season but i don't think it's officially been renewed yet but it it doesn't have a particular kind of conclusion to the end of that story it sort of stops i mean it leaves it on a little bit of a cliffhanger but you sort of feel like that that they either didn't know where quite they were going to go yet and they thought oh we'll just end it here i i don't know it feels a bit odd the place that they ended it at but um i did enjoy it and uh, i think it's very funny and it is worth watching um the alex Ryder series was the new big new show i watched this week which of course we've been hearing a lot about for a very very long time um because they were pushing it and pushing it hard at mcm it's one of these weird situations where Sony, who owned the license, decided to make it and then sell it to somebody. So they had the entire series pre-made and they ended up selling it to Amazon. It's obviously it's a, it's a, a new take on the entire Alex Ryder thing. Stars Otto Ferrat in the lead role as Alex Ryder. It's based on Point Blank, which is the second of the Alex Ryder books, partly to get around the fact that they'd already made Stormbreaker into a, a less... Well-received movie is, is probably the fair thing to say, but uh, rather than go over that ground again, they decided to base it around Point Blank and merge some of the story of how Alex actually becomes involved in this sort of spy thing. They merge that into the story of Point Blank, and I have to say they've done an amazing job with that. It's really seamless. You wouldn't have known that it was two different stories or bits of two different stories mashed together. Guy Bertie who is the BAFTA award-winning writer that, that wrote it, did a very good job in pulling those together. The basic premise, I'm sure you know, is he's a teen spy. His parents have been killed, so he's living with his uncle. His uncle is then killed. He realises that there is something wrong with his uncle's death and starts to investigate. And then when he investigates, he discovers that his uncle was actually a spy. And that's how he gets kind of dragged into this thing. And uh, it relates to this school called Point Blank, which there's seemingly something nefarious going on and they basically recruit him to because they need a teen to go undercover at the school so uh, that's the sort of setup for it the f- opening couple of episodes it starts off a little bit slow they they are very much stage setting for those opening couple of episodes mm. and it takes a while to actually get into the point 
blank story. Like I think you, it's it's only eight episodes long, and it, it takes until the sort of halfway through episode three or start of episode four before Alex actually gets to point blank. So you know there is a lot of kind of setting things up, but it is all very well put together, and it's it's interesting, and it's not played as a YA drama. It's not played as kind of you know everything being shiny and cool. It's it's played a lot grittier than that. And I love the tone of it. I think they've pitched it really well. It doesn't feel like it is a teen drama. It feels like it's something with more weight to it than that. So it's certainly very watchable um, for people of all ages. Uh, I I would urge you to go and check it out. It is up on Amazon right now. And uh, the whole season is up there. So you can go and watch that. And as I say, it's eight episodes, I think. So it's, it's there and they're 45 minutes, I think, each episode. So not too much to binge through I don't think mm. this is all over MCM did you see any of this I remember stuff it being done? all over MCM but it's not it's not one that particularly um, caught my personal mm. interest so I've not actually not actually watched it or given it a try but um, I'm, I'm glad it sounds like it went well because it was an unusual approach to just produce it and then sell it yeah, and then sell it uh, but maybe that's something that will I don't know be a bit of a trailblazer in that regard because I guess then you get a lot more creative control over your series and, and things and it could be a could be an interesting approach as the world of TV is is changing the landscape is changing around us quite rapidly it could be an interesting one to see if more companies will take that approach um, having seen this one do it yeah I mean we'll, we'll have to see you've got to have the pockets to be able to make it in the first place of course which of course Sony did so um We'll see whether that that continues to be a thing. But uh, yeah, definitely worth watching. It is up on Amazon Prime right now if you want to go and see that. Certainly in the UK. I'm not sure about the US, but it is in the UK. So that's all the stuff we've been doing this week. Let's move on to some TV, film and gaming news. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. So the TV, film and gaming news this week. The reason we've got gaming news as well this week is because the TV news has been very, very quiet with everything that's going on in the in America right now, what with the pandemic and the protests and all that sort of stuff. There was obviously not a lot of entertainment news come out the last couple of weeks. So um, uh, we have the renewals, cancellations and pickups and stuff. Uh, renewals, they've renewed the Holiday Granger series, The Capture for season two. That that was very, very good that first season of that. This was the, it was a, a surveillance drama where there was a soldier that was caught on camera apparently assaulting somebody who then disappeared and it was all caught on CCTV and uh, it was about the kind of idea of how much can you manipulate the information that you're actually seeing with your eyes to be able to potentially frame somebody. Um, it was sort of delving into that sort of technology stuff. But but uh, it was it was a really really good drama that, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed the first season. So I'm glad that's coming back for a second season. 
Agatha Raisin, the show which was a Sky show and there wasn't a Sky show and he's now back running on Sky again. Agatha Raisin has been renewed for a full season by Acorn TV, who are the people that commissioned it right now, and uh, Sky then buy it back in. And then we've had a cancellation called Next in Fashion, which wasn't a show I ever saw, but that was on Netflix and they've cancelled that show apparently. Moving on to other news stories, we've got some more Batwoman news, which we've had, I think, every week so far. <laughs> um, so, uh, as you know, Ruby Rose has announced that she will be leaving the role of Kate Kane in Batwoman. Uh, and a lot of the media was reporting at the time that they were just going to recast the role. And you have Kate Kane with a new face, and that will be it. It turns out that isn't what they're going to do. They're actually going to put a brand new character into that role called Ryan Wilder is the name of the character, although that may just be a casting notice name. We don't actually know whether that is what the character is going to be called, but uh, that is what the, the name that was on the casting notice is. She's described as a woman in her mid-twenties, any ethnicity described as likeable, messy, a little goofy and untamed. She's nothing like Kate Kane, the woman who wore the batsuit before her. With no one in her life to keep her on track, Ryan spent years as a drug runner, dodging the GCPD and masking her pain with bad habits. A girl who would steal milk from an alley cat could also kill you with her bare hands. Ryan is the most dangerous type of fighter, highly skilled and wildly undisciplined. An out lesbian, athletic, raw, passionate, fallible, and not your stereotypical all-American hero. So that is the character description for it. So um, interesting choice, I It's think. interesting because we've had a few people play, well, bat characters tend to, you know, pass the mantle around. Even Batman's been various people by this yeah. point. So that the mantles do get passed around and you have various people playing various different characters. Um, Ryan Wider isn't a character, though. No. Unless that is just a placeholder name, they're inventing an entirely new, Batwoman because that description as well isn't familiar to me it's more like an amalgamation of different yeah. characteristics uh, brought together so yeah it seems interesting that they are not just moving away from from Kate who is a is quite a beloved Batwoman she's she's the the primary you know Bat, Batwoman character in the DC universe um, yeah. and she's been quite prominent in recent years as well and kind of shot back up into the into the limelight with with her own series run and stuff like that but yeah they they're not just moving to a different Batwoman, they they're possibly just creating their own from scratch. So I'm I'm intrigued, but I, mm. there isn't enough information to make any kind of opinion. I guess it's probably I'd give them more creative freedom, and maybe it'd be better than just swapping the actress out completely. I thought they were going to do some you know wibbly wobbly timey wimey yeah. new fifty two style. We're swapping to another Earth kind of swap out of some sort because um, they obviously with the CW shows you have that you have that ability very much built in from all the the crisis type things. Um, so I, yeah, I thought they were going to swap out to another Kate from another universe, which would give them an opportunity to do a vast amount well, of changes. I mean, that's, um, they, they have got the problem of they kind of killed the multiverse in the yeah. It, so so oh, there's always someone that's but, but, yeah. was frozen in but, well, ice, you know, or something. Yeah, like. yeah. but but I, I take your point. I mean, yeah. you could just send Barry to go and screw with the timeline again. You know. I mean, it's there are various ways you could have done it and left her as Kate. Um, yeah, and I'm surprised they've gone for this approach rather than that. But well, I guess they want a clean slate and they want to just make sure there's no comparison between, 
you know, the next person's performance and, and, and rubies and, and stuff like that, then they've given themselves that with, you know, in, in buckets by doing this. Yeah, there is a quote from, I think it's the showrunner, who said, to be honest with you, I did consider the soap proper version of recasting for a hot minute because selfishly we already had a couple of episodes written in Transition Rise, it would be seamless. But upon reflection, I think Greg Belanti helped me with this call. He was like, we should reboot Batwoman with a different character. In addition to paying respect to everything that Ruby Rose has put into Kate Kane character during season one, it also helps the audience because we're not asking them to address the elephant in the room by accepting a new face as the same person. She went on to affirm that Ryan Wilder is a whole new character with a past inspired by Batwoman, so she's going to take on the mantle, adding that the scrappy 20-something who lives in a van with a plant is maybe not the right person at the time to be doing it, but that's what makes it so fun. I mean, as you say, the character description that they've got doesn't seem to directly translate into anybody else in the Bat universe. I mean, one of the unique things about Batwoman is in the actual main timeline, nobody else has played that character. You know, as you say, we've had various Batman, we've had a whole bunch of Robins at this point, but nobody else has actually in the main timeline played Batwoman. They've been, there's Kathy Kane and Betty Kane, who are, are both Silver Age versions or golden silver age versions of of the character so they've been sort of those versions who were canes and then you've got like selena kyle did it for for one version in a sort of one-off offshoot stephanie brown who was also spoiler and robin was an alternate earth batwoman from earth three so Mm. there have been other characters in alternate versions that have played batwoman but nobody in the main time has taken over like Batman and Robin and a lot of the other Bat people. So it's an interesting choice. Plus, you've also got the fact that so much of that character of Batwoman as the show in the first season has been built around their relationship to Kate, the main villain being Alice is, spoilers if you haven't watched any of it, but I mean, this comes up relatively quickly. Um, the Alice is Kate's long lost sister. So you've got that and she's the main villain. You've got the leader of the Crows being her father father her ex-girlfriend works for her father the other family relationships that are, are connected directly to kate and then you're going to put this new person directly in the middle of that that has no connection to anybody else it's a kind of odd decision because so much mm. of it is built around those relationships in the first it's season. where the kind of timey wiminess that comic books often use regardless of how many universes they claim to have at any one time um can be quite handy for them because it lets them re-spin everything mm. and it gives them carte blanche to just kind of like change things that would otherwise seem to be immovable objects so it'll be interesting they've certainly set themselves up with an interesting writing challenge and um, I'm sure they haven't made this decision lightly as those quotes was, you know you see were saying they clearly considered all their options and they think that this is going to be the best one moving forward so it will be interesting to see perhaps this new character will take on the mantle because they are an ex-best friend or or previous partner or have some connection to Kate, maybe there will be a tie-in there that helps make that transition more seamless or gives a reason for for people to have some kind of emotional connection to her as a new Batwoman. Perhaps the fact she isn't Kate could be, uh, would they want to make that a plot point? 
and say that then people maybe are slightly against her because they have replaced Kate yeah. because obviously, you know, because of the complicated relationship she has with, you know, a father, ex-girlfriend and so on and so forth, her being replaced could affect the characters mm. and could create a, a new dynamic uh, of of making it an antagonist purely because of that reason. So I'd be interested to see how they're going to write this because it's very difficult, especially so early on into yeah. establishing everything to then make such a big change. But uh, I wish I wish them well with it because we've never seen Batwoman on screen before. So mm. I hope they can find a balance that that suits and uh, and works with the audience. Yeah, it, it is going to be very interesting to see. I mean, there, it is essentially going to be a soft reboot for the second season. So. Um, it's going to be very intriguing to see how well that turns out um it does also doing it this way leave you the possibility that you might be able to tempt ruby rose to come back and cameo on and off i mean we don't know exactly what happened behind the scenes we don't know whether that may be a possibility or whether she burnt all her bridges with the producers at this point we don't know exactly but it seems that the certainly the story that came out earlier on was the fact that she it had been a lot of work and she hadn't realized quite how much and that would be part of the problem plus she did injure herself as well but who knows so i mean at least gives them the opportunity to maybe if if things settle and she does want to come back and do the odd cameo they can bring that character back in for a little bit Batwoman's not like all of the Arrowverse stuff isn't going to be coming back until at least early next year so uh, we'll have to wait and see with that sticking with superhero stuff uh, news has come out that uh, Marvel's WandaVision could resume filming in July uh, the interesting how it came out because it was an announcement by the Tampa Bay Comic Convention who had booked Paul Bettany as a guest. And uh, I mean, amazingly, they apparently were still going to have a comic convention in July, which given everything that's going on at the moment, I'm quite surprised by. But uh, apparently Paul Bettany was supposed to be there and doing that. And he's had to cancel because he's been called back for filming for WandaVision. So that certainly gives the impression that WandaVision is going to start filming again in July, which is good news. Um, the side of that as well is there's also some casting news. There is a, a website that he's claiming that Evan Peters has joined the cast. Uh, for that name sounds familiar. I, you'll know him from American Horror Story, of course, but he was also Quicksilver in the X-Men movies, not the MCU. That was Aaron Taylor Johnson who played the one that was in Age of Ultron. So we don't know what he, he signed on for other than apparently it is a key role but we don't know whether that role is necessarily him reprising his role as Quicksilver even though he hasn't played it in the MCU before or whether it's going to be a different character entirely and it's just coincidence that he happened to play Wanda's brother in the X-Men movies <laughs> I don't know would you I, that that would be an interesting way to sort of introduce some of the X-Men characters I guess yeah I'd, I'd be surprised if mm. they were going to introduce X-Men characters in yeah, one division I'd, we, I'd be all, surprised yeah. we'd all assumed that they were just going to completely recast everybody you know if they were going to bring people in so I think that seems rather more likely but yeah I mean I don't know I, it just seems like a very weird coincidence that it's ever Peters that you're bringing in who happened to have played a version of Quicksilver who is you know Wanda's brother that they've decided to cast him in this if that is the case 
But um, we've no idea who he is playing, so we'll have to wait and see. That That is the rumour anyway that Evan Peters has, has joined the cast for that. And lastly, there was some gaming news, which I was very excited about. It was about Elite Dangerous, and there was an expansion for Elite Dangerous announced called Elite Dangerous Odyssey. And uh, you're aware of the game Elite, I'm sure. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's a small title, niche, but I've heard of it, yeah. I mean, I'm sure many of you out there are are aware of the game Elite. Uh, But uh, for those of you that don't know, Elite Dangerous is an update of the classic BBC micro game which then appeared on the Commodore 64 and ZX Spectrum and pretty much every single platform has had a version of Elite at some point which is the uh, space trading sim where you it's a huge massive open world you get in a ship and you can trade you can fly around you can fight other people you can fight pirates you can pirate yourself there's a whole bunch of things you can do it's a huge open universe Elite Dangerous is an updated version of that and you got in your ship you can fly around you can trade stuff you can you can rob people you can uh, fly missions but one of the key things about it was you were the ship that was basically it i mean although technically you were the pilot in the ship you never saw the pilot outside of the ship you can actually see an avatar of your person inside the ship but you you never actually set foot outside of the ship so it was one of those games where where your avatar effectively was the ship you were flying now what they've announced with odyssey is that you are going to be able to you could already land on planets but you're going to be able to land on planets that have atmospheres you're going to be able to get out of your ship as your character wander around there are going to be fps ground battles you're going to be able to go and trade on foot at stations there are going to be npc characters so it's a a huge massive expansion to this whole world and i'm extremely excited about it because i think they're the first game that really tied the whole space flight and atmospheric landing and being able to then get just land your ship somewhere get out and go and do things in this sort of massive world which is highly populated uh, i mean you've had things like no man's sky that have sort of done it but not quite to the level that this will be at and the ability to kind of team up with people and run missions and be on the ground and and that sort of planet combat and space combat all tied together it's been a very very long time since anybody's done anything like this particularly well so i'm hugely intrigued by it yeah it feels like it is i guess the natural progression the next step to add in sort of modern sensibilities of game playing and stuff to it i'm interested to see how many people will be on board with this and how many people will will want to stick with it as it was the kind of purist types it's definitely a a massive addition Mm. gameplay functionality wise to the game and um yeah i think it's lovely that a game that's been around for that long is still making headlines now yeah yeah i mean the original game elite was released in 1984 elite dangerous version launched in 2014 so even elite dangerous is getting on a bit in terms of the the game um but i mean based on something that's been around for tens of years and it's still hugely entertaining game to play Mm. the flight combat is fantastic and one of the best to flight 
you know space flight games out there there is so much stuff you can do in that game you know all the all the sort of trading flying around and exploring and discovering new worlds and all that sort of stuff but the things that a lot of fans have been crying out for is the ability to be able to wander around on foot and the fact that a lot of the planets are basically dead worlds and you might have the odd base on them but they're effectively you know they don't have like atmospheres you know they're still dead worlds so that's another a huge thing that a lot of people have been asking for so uh, I'm I'm really interested to see this come out it will certainly add to the immersion and the feeling yeah. of kind of completeness of the experience in the game so yeah intrigued to see how that's going to go I'm waiting for them to give it another so many years and they're going to be doing all of this and it will be in VR or something a game is just going to keep moving forwards with the times I think in another 10 years we may be talking about this game again in uh, the new VR multi-sensory dimensional <laughs> type version thereof I, I think it's brilliant it's it's still going and still evolving yeah yeah um i mean elite dangerous the normal elite dangerous you can play in vr the mm. odyssey expansion apparently won't be available in vr initially certainly but it may be something that comes along at a later date but uh, certainly the uh, the main game the sort of space flight bit of it you can play in vr even now so uh yeah I'm, uh, awesome yeah it is it is definitely one worth picking up it's really really good fun um so that's all the news we've got for this week let's move on to some highlights for next week on tv So, highlights for next week on TV. We have Agatha Raisin, as I mentioned earlier on, just being renewed for a full season. That's coming to Sky One on the 10th of June at 9pm, if you want to go and watch that. Staged is the uh, thing that we talked about a few weeks ago uh, with uh, David Tennant and Michael Sheen. and It's a comedy about a cast of a stage show who have been furloughed and are trying to do all the rehearsals over video calls. Uh, That's coming to BBC one on the 10th of june at 10 45 if you want to go and watch that i think they're only 15 minute episodes but that looked like it's going to be very very funny it's basically watch david Tennant and michael sheen banter with each other for 15 minutes and uh, who doesn't want to see that yeah so, that's uh, just a win from the original conception of the idea yeah absolutely so uh 10th of june at 10 45 on bbc one for that uh what we do in the shadow season two that returns the takita wahiti hilarious vampire company that is back on the 11th of June at 10pm on BBC Two for that then we have The Gadget Show which returns on Channel 5 on the 12th of June at 7pm which is uh, the uh, Craig Charles I think is the person fronting that these days so uh, worth going to watch then you've got Effie's for Family that returns for a full season on Netflix on the 12th of June and there is a, a new well I say new it was cancelled after one season but it's sort of a filler show but it's a crime drama called Reef Break from uh, it was a US crime drama that ran for one season that's coming to Alibi on the 12th of June at 9pm and then we have uh, Reprol's Drag Race All Stars that's coming to Netflix on the 13th of June if you want to go and watch that and then there's a new sci-fi show called Spides which comes to the sci-fi channel on the 16th of June at 9pm it was an alien invasion sci-fi thriller it's co-produced between sci-fi Germany and America I think it has actually got a couple of seasons but this is season one it's the first time it's aired over here so uh, that could be a very interesting one to go and watch I might go and check that out and that is everything unless you've got anything else you want to mention 
attention. No, I, I think we've got quite a lot of things to be watching there. Yes. I haven't heard of Spide, so I'm going to go and immediately Google that one. Yeah, neither had I until I uh, I saw the thing, but it looks like it could be quite interesting. So, um, yeah, 16th of June at 9pm on Sci-Fi UK for Spides. So, if they want to go and find you, where can they find you? I can be found as Trista Bites, where it's spelled B-Y-T-E-S, because I thought I was being funny, um, over on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. I have four and a half years worth of videos up on YouTube, including content I've shot for Geek Town and interviews at Comic-Cons and interviews yes. with indie games and comic creators. I'm also streaming on Twitch under Trista Bites as well, pretty much every day, not just Alien Isolation, for those who aren't into watching people be terrified hiding behind cushions on a sofa. <laughs> we do daytime streams for anyone that is furloughed as well, where we just talk about geeky stuff and keep people company and uh, prevent me from going any more stir crazy. Yes, and uh, the, the Alien Isolation stream was hilarious, but the chats are also very funny as well and worth going to watch. So go and check out Bex on those. You can also go and check out Matt over on Entertainment Talk, who uh, he's on a little bit of a break at the moment, but there is still a whole bunch of podcasts over there you can go and listen to. That's over on entertainmenttalk.org if you want to go and check out Matt's stuff. For us, of course, you can go to geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest edit information. If you want to get in touch with your questions or comments, email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk. Leave a message on the website post. Find us at Geektown on Twitter, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown, on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash geektown, and on Instagram at geektownuk. That is everything. We shall see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.